from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's Tiny House Podcast! This is Michelle. And this is Nick. And this is Mark. So, first of all, we're going to bring the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room, your name is again? Sarah! <laughs> Wait, I'm not the elf? <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, we're missing our regular co-host. His name is Perry. He's in Greece, and so I wanted to uh, reintroduce Nick to the listeners as well before we get started. Um, thank you for joining us, Nick. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's so much fun to be here. But, um, but of course, the star of the show today is Sarah Carter. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? We're doing good. Um, so I'm glad I'm not the elf. Yeah. <laughs> you're glad you're not the elephant. Good. <laughs> so for our podcast listeners, uh, uh, we found Sarah um, via an article in Business Insider. Um, she actually lives on a boat. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities. I think there's a lot of common stories that you can bring to the tiny house uh, enthusiasts. And so um, we'll just launch right into it. So how did you, what drove you to originally decide to live on a boat? Um, Well, I was traveling along the west coast of America about a year ago, um, probably a year and a half now. And um, some friends from college told me that they had a sister here and that we should have dinner because we would like each other. And so I went over to have um, dinner people I didn't know's boat, um, and it was um, one of my friends from college, her older sister and husband lived on a boat in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, and so I just I went over to their place for dinner, and um, then I, I left, and I spent the rest of my year, like, talking about the really cool people who lived on a boat, um, and boat shopping on the internet, and just dreaming about it, um, and then I had an opportunity to move out to San Francisco about a year after that. And um, was looking for apartments in a big hurry and also looking up for boats at the same time. And I got a boat a lot faster. So um, they're responsible for um, this decision I've made. And, um, yeah, a meeting with a stranger, really, um, a chance. <laughs> so tell us about looking for an apartment in San Francisco. Um, tell us about, you know, the rental rates you were looking at, um, the, the different things that you were taking consideration, maybe your commute. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, um, I was figuring I'd probably end up paying around $2,000 with an apartment in a reasonable part of the city, um, or even in the East Bay. Um, Wow. So that was the the budget I'd kind of set aside for an apartment in my mind, which was a bit overwhelming, but really the only option I had, um, especially if I wanted to have no roommates, which is what I was hoping for. Um, so I never ended up seeing any apartments. Um, I got, I had like 24 hours to get an apartment here. Um, and so it was a very rushed experience. Um, and I just did a lot of internet shopping and, and Craigslist shopping for boats. Um, so I, I bought a car that morning and then I, um, drove over to go look at this boat and I bought the boat in the afternoon. Um, and 
spent the evening wondering what bad decisions I'd made. (laughs) 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 But they weren't any bad decisions. (laughs) It all worked out, yeah. So it was a really rushed process. Um, And 2000, to get an apartment for 2000 in San Francisco is um, not that easy. It would probably be living far off from the city center and one of the surrounding towns. Um, so no, I don't even know if that was possible. <laughs> but why, why a boat? I wanted to ask why a boat. Like, have you have you sailed the world on a boat before and lived for more than a week on a boat? Uh, why no, boat I took a, a giant leap. Um, I've been sailing probably like 15 or 20 times before. I grew okay. up near the Chesapeake Bay um, and I studied science and science took me sailing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I knew I'd wanted to. That was one of my, my um, pipe life goals to learn how to sail. Um, so I figured buying a boat was probably a good first step in that direction. Um, but I never slept on a boat before. Um, never wow. cooked on a boat. Never... No, no, that's pretty new to me. Um, and I do actually now have plans to go sailing around the entire world. Um, so, and I'm learning to sail. So, it is working out as I planned. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Um, so, what are, the, what are the first things that people say when you say, I, I, you know, that you live on a boat? Um, <clears throat> they're usually pretty surprised, um, particularly Uber drivers. Um, <laughs> they all want to know how much it costs. I, I get a lot of questions about just like, um, yeah, I guess everyone around here is struggling to pay their rent a lot. Um, so the questions go to cost really fast um, with okay. strangers. Um, and most of them don't know how to sail, so they don't really have boat questions. Um, but yeah, uh, Sorry, but did I answer that? <laughs> like, like, do, you get, like, do you get like funny looks when you know you meet someone at a bar and they're like, "Oh, so so let's uh, you know, where do you live?" And you say, "On the wharf." Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And sometimes they don't feel like going into it because it's like the same basic questions a hundred times in a row. Okay. Um, right. So I've, I've made up stories before. Like, um, <laughs> I was a mermaid for Halloween and um, coming home at the end of the night. Um, and I was like, you can just drop me off at the end and I'll swim away into the water. <laughs> and sometimes I tell them it's just my parking because um, it can be a bit overwhelming. But yeah, everyone's like very very surprised and has a thousand questions um it's definitely uh, at work i'm the oddball um i definitely win the the weirdest um living situation out of most groups of people except at the marina (laughs) right right of course where you're surrounded by neighbors and people that share the same passion that you do yeah that's wonderful so you yeah how, how did you did you downsize then when you moved into the boat did you have to shed a lot of things really I've always lived pretty lightly um I'm still constantly always trying to get as little as possible and shed things and I've never not done that um so no I'd say I didn't really have to but I am living very small um it's just that I've been I was traveling the world for the year before this um out of a backpack so I felt like I upgraded and had more space honestly um so that wasn't really an issue for me, no. You didn't need to put anything in storage? Nope, nope, no, no. Perfect. Okay. If I figure anything in storage, I don't need. <laughs> Incredible, cool. That's, That's fantastic. So are you familiar with the tiny house movement? Um, are you familiar with, you know, with, with there are actually throngs of people out here that, uh, 
that uh, can relate to what you're going through, what you've been through, sort of your lifestyle and your goals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm part of a few of the internet communities, um, and I've had my eyes on it for a long time just because I love, I've always loved homes. I thought about studying architecture, interior design, and I've always loved minimal living. Um, and so all of those things kind of center in on the tiny house movement. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it and doing it myself just on an aquatic situation. <laughs> So walk yeah. us through. So walk us through a day. You know, a day living on a boat, um, <clears throat> going to the bathroom and showering, and and insulation and the noise of the water and yeah. being so close to nature. Can you walk us walk us through a day of what what is that like? Yeah, um, I like to get up early in the morning, and you never can miss the sunrise here. Um, there's lots of portholes and windows in the roof on boats. Um, so every morning you wake up and kind of notice the sky being beautiful. Um, in an apartment. Um, and I usually open the window and look at the birds outside and the waves flapping on the boat. And <laughs> it's really nice. Um, I feel a lot closer to nature and it's pretty wild because um, there's the city is, is right beside me. Um, but especially once you push off the dock, um, you're really out there alone, um, which is nice because I grew up in the country and the jobs that I do are in cities, so it kind of solved that problem for me. And then, it, then I have to have to go to the bathroom usually. Um, and so, our toilet is a um, it, there's a tank that it fills up, and you pump it. So it's like a, a vacuum pump dry toilet. Um, oh, yeah. It's really not bad at all. We have some enzymes we spray in it, and it doesn't smell bad. Um, it's just you have to know how to use it um, and to feel comfortable doing so but um yeah you just pump it out and then every three four weeks we have to go to the pump out dock and empty the tank um which is really close by and free so that's easy um and there's no shower on the boat if we want to shower we have to um walk up the dock um to the members shower um and take a shower there um sometimes there's long lines but if you figure out what times of the day to go at you're good to go so I usually don't shower in the morning because that's not the time to go um <laughs> and um yeah those are the basic things it's um does rock a little bit with the waves but not a lot um mostly I notice it when other boats are going by um but it's never like really too much rocking um and it's peaceful when you do notice it i'm rocking a little bit right now actually i think <laughs> you have to kind of zone into it to notice it but um usually a little bit of a sway which is nice um maybe i sleep way more than normal now or way better i don't know um and um yeah it's san, san francisco um has pretty good weather for this year around there were a few cold rainy weeks over the winter that were hard to get through just um the hardest part was walking on the dock it's probably almost a mile um that we have to walk to get to my boat at the end of the dock maybe a little less but near um and so mostly the rain when you're coming in wet and the boats are never like as warm as a house in winter but once you it's dry off it's fine uh, um heaters fill the space up just fine we have um i don't know a typical house radiator that we just plug into the wall and then a propane heater for when we go out to sea um mm. and some warm air mats that are magical um 
basically big rubber things that are constantly warm, um, which are great for fermenting kombucha or making yogurt, as well as warming toes. Um, those are a life changer. Um, but yeah, if we want it to be warm in here, it's pretty easy to just turn on the heaters and wait 30 minutes. Um, and it's insulated um, quite well because water is cold. So the bottom of the boat is always colder than the top of the boat, which is out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 um, what I'm thinking. Oh, the kitchen, the kitchen. Um, so in my original boat, um, I had an alcohol stove, which was really awful. It made flames like six inches to a foot high. Um, so I ended mm. up getting like a plug-in conduction burner. But now... Um, in my boyfriend's boat, there's a propane stove with two burners, um, and it's, you know, just like a gas stove in a house, but smaller, um, not tiny houses probably, and, um, a teeny tiny refrigerator, and the sink, um, actually just drained straight to the bay, all the sinks do, um, so that's how that works, um, just don't use any bad chemicals, and, um... Yeah, I can fit a yoga mat inside, but no more. Um, the yoga mat is like the size of the biggest floor space, um, so it's pretty long and narrow. Um, so you, so blah, 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 back up. So yeah. You from the I part of the story to the we part of the story, so I think we may have oh, yeah. skipped ahead a couple of chapters. So how did we get from the I part of the story to the we part of the story? Can you talk, Can you fill us in? It's a tiny houseboat romance story. Oh, <laughs> we have some of those. Yeah, um, I had a, a dinner party on my boat for everyone I didn't know when I finally was able to cook um, and to meet all my neighbors um, and just ask someone who knew everyone to invite everyone. And I met a nice man who also lives on a boat um, about, well, probably 500 boats away. Um but, yeah, um, he is kind of perfect for me. So I ended up selling my original boat just last week, um, and we're living on the same boat now, which his, his is a bit longer um, and ready to go out into the ocean, and mine was smaller and ready to go out only into the bay. Um, and, yeah, so <laughs> I guess I put myself in a, a community of people with like-minded interests and ways of living, and... Um, met a met a great match um and so i've been living on this boat for uh, probably about a month now um entirely on this boat and we're getting it ready to go out into the ocean i think we're going to sail down to los angeles for a few months um enjoying whatever is there and then down to mexico and kind of take our time selling sailing over to asia um, oh, wow. So I don't have my original boat. I plan on keeping it for years, um, but I don't know why I would need two boats. Um. Does it hurt? Yeah. <laughs> so, That's a great relationship. Yeah. I can think of a reason. Really? <laughs> yeah. So can you walk the listeners kind of through what the traveling the world kind of looks like in a boat as far as, you know, obviously I'm assuming you guys are doing a bit of preparation right now, knowing kind of where the ports might be, but... Unlike you know highways where you know where the hotels and the gas is, I mean, how do you, how do you plan that out? 
Yeah, knowing where the ports are is the least of my concern, because I think if we tell them that we sailed from another continent, they'll figure out a way to attach us to their land. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, well, I, I quit my job yesterday, actually. Um, oh, wow, so man. that's that's free. <laughs> um, very brave. Congratulations. <laughs> big, big week here. Um, and so that was the, the first step. But the second step is making sure that, like, we have radar and sonar and are really, really familiar with how to use them um, in case we're using them in bad situations. And I'm actually still just learning how to sail. Um, my boyfriend has been sailing for eight years now, so he's quite good, a captain, and hopefully can handle most things because I have a lot to learn. Um, so I'll probably have to take a, a course or two um, on ocean sailing before we go out. Um and then there's some improvements, like the windows on the roof aren't exactly watertight, um, so we need to probably replace those because when sailboats flip over, they actually can flip back up really easily because they're so heavily weighted on the bottom, okay. um, as long as everything is tight, 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 watertight. Um, so we have to make everything perfectly watertight. Um, and yeah, the roots, um, there's a lot of options, but... Um, He's been thinking about this for a while and has a route in his mind, which sounds great to me. Um, so I think we're going to um, head across towards Indonesia um, and then up into Japan and down to, through the Suez Canal, um, by Egypt and into the Mediterranean, then back. Um, that'll probably take yeah, like one to two years. Um, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and the other thing, um, besides knowing how to sail and having all the right equipment um, and um, is, is food, having food for weeks at sea. Um, you have to kind of stock up like you're going across the prairie <laughs> or something. Sure. I imagine there's some um, fishing involved, or how, how does that work? <clears throat> yeah, um, a lot of people have blogs on this, and a lot of people say they don't catch any fish, um, hmm. so we better not plan on that. Um, and then also there's this disease that fish have um, in the ocean, um, the whole Pacific, that's brand new, and um, we don't really want to get it. Um, I don't know much more than that, what it's called. Hmm. I forget what it's called. Okay. Um, but apparently it's not the safest thing to do, um, sadly. So, yeah, we were looking at a few ways to add value to um, our trip and thought about studying the disease that I don't know the name of, um, but I did study marine science in college, so I probably could handle studying it um, <laughs> and do something like that um, while we're out there, figure out some way to make it a bit bigger than, than just us dropping off the planet, um, mm. add some value to the road. But, yeah, um, so no fishing probably. Maybe we'd like to, we'd love to go fishing. Um, we'll just have to figure out exactly what we can fish for and where so that we don't get really sick. Because um, okay. there's no doctors out there. True. Yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's your longest time, what's your longest time kind of on the water in between land? Oh, I've only been out for a single night before. Um, and I don't think he's been out for much more than that, more than a single night, but that's not a big deal. Um, it's the days that you've been out that matter more, not sleeping. Right. Um, but how many days, so, so, so in your trip that way you guys have it planned out right now, how many days in between where you'd be just a hundred percent on water? How many days in a row? I don't think ever more than two weeks. 14 days. Of yeah. 
unless somebody maybe three weeks at the most but there's little islands all the way across um so we can stop in on the little islands um and take a break and restock refuel um get our land legs just in time to lose them again (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's really nice um i've traveled the world a ton um just for myself, by myself before, on my feet. Um, and I don't really, I'm, I don't have any need to do that anymore. I'm pretty well traveled out um, at this point. But this is a bit different because your home is going with you everywhere. Um, and so I feel like it's a totally different thing. Um, and I'm excited and scared about it, but excited. Um, I like to do things that scare me. They're exciting. Um so it's a bit different because if we dock up in Japan, we'll still have every single comfort of home and internet and each other. So it's essentially home still, like your home, but in Japan, um, it, mm. it's not quite the same as just going to Japan. Um, <clears throat> so, so how does your family feel about this, uh, this adventure? <laughs> I mean, they, they have opinions about what you've done on land, but... We're all kind of shaking our head here. That sounds really, <laughs> this sounds very brave. Like, this takes brave to a whole different level. Now, what do your parents think? Yeah, um, I haven't told them yet. I'm hoping they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Here's a link, Mom and Dad. Wow. I'm going to tell them soon. <laughs> do they know you sold your boat? Uh, no. And um, have no. a boyfriend? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. My, my parents um, are very, um, they're, they're wonderful. I love them. Um, I hope they never listen to this podcast, but they're, they um, are very, very Christian, religious, in the nicest, sweetest, most authentic way, and um, would not exactly be okay with everything I'm doing right now, and I don't want to make them really sad, so I'm leaving some things out. Um, and like method um, of travel? I think they'll be wow. um, uh, pretty comfortable with me sailing around the world. Um, I've mentioned it in passing a few times, and I've done similar big crazy things by myself before, um, so I don't think they'll be too shocked by it, actually. Um I really don't think that will be the biggest issue. Um, no, I just haven't told them. I'll probably tell them in like a month when I go visit them in person. Um, I think that'll be a bit easier. <laughs> but um, yeah, they'll probably, they, they just want me to be like, ideally they'd want me to be like living in a, a house right beside them um, and perhaps doing, I don't know, being there all the time. <laughs> they like need to be close and safe, um, but give me the freedom to do what I want um, yeah. and give me the spread. They never really tell me no. They just tell me that we wish you were being safer. Um, <laughs> so it'll be fine, but I'm just going to tell them in person in a month. Awesome. I don't think they've ever listened to a podcast, so we'll be safe. <laughs> <laughs> On time. Um, I, I really am fascinated by what you're about to embark upon. And even, even can you tell me more about what it's like to live in such a small, tiny space? Like, the day-to-day, how do you spend your time? I imagine you have a lot of writing and reading to do and catching up. Um, but to, do you spend most of your time, obviously with weather permitting, on on, on board? I mean, or... Yeah, um, I, I was actually working from home. Um, and so I was working... Um, and for video meetings, I would just try to find some surface that made me look like it wasn't on a boat. Um, okay. <laughs> so I didn't have to explain that. But, um, yeah, I was spending a lot of time here... Um, and on my little boat, my old boat, when there were two people on it, um, it was a bit crowded. Um, the hallway was probably 
a foot and a half, two feet wide, and um, eight feet long or something. Very small. Wow. Um, so to pass each other. Wow. So, you, so you'd uh, spend as much time on, on the deck itself? Like... Sorry, what? So if it's all right, you'd spend as much time on the deck, like during the daytime, just outside under some shade? Yeah. Okay. Um, except that they're in September, um, and... It's been getting only colder since then, except for the past few weeks. Um, so I moved here in the coldest time. But even then, some days in December, we had sunshine that was like tank top weather and could just be outside. But it's, yeah, really wonderful to spend time outside. Even with the ability to be outside, I can fit 10, 15 people on my little boat um, comfortably. Hey, but comfortable. Um, and... So, yeah, it's very comfortable to be inside, too. Everything is really smartly designed. So most seats pull down into beds and um, okay. tables fold up into walls, um, cutting boards fold up into walls. There's all sorts of little space-saving things. But um, it's not an issue for me. Um, it's a lot cozier than an apartment um, because it's like a boat <laughs> instead of a, a, just an empty square. Um, so the space that's, I, I had a friend over from Prague, everyone comes and visits me around from when they're in the city, even though it's like a pretty troubling place to get to, um, if you don't have a car, um, but everyone comes just cause I have a boat and he was visiting from Prague and he visited me and he said at the end of the night, um, this would have to be. Our conversation would have to be like a hundred times as good if we were having the same conversation in an apartment, just because <laughs> like the ambience of the boat is always there. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. The space, the ambience so, makes up for any tight space. <laughs> so, how many square feet um, was your old boat? How many square feet is the new boat? And boats don't about, go by square feet. <laughs> okay, so how long was the old boat? How long is the new boat? Is that a, probably a better measurement, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the old boat was 26 feet long, um, and I tried to estimate the, squ estimate the square feet, and I came up with something like 150, 170, but who knows? It's all curved everywhere. Um, right. And then the current boat is like 45 feet long probably um okay. it's a bit it depends if you want to count the thing that sticks off the front that's really just a stick um <laughs> so that it's it's a bit bigger 45 feet and in the widest part maybe 10 feet wide um but it's all curved so it's not that big <laughs> So you're both um, familiar, you're both obviously familiar with and comfortable with small spaces. But even that being the case, um, certainly having a relationship, sharing a space that small with someone, is somewhat challenging. Do you do you have a plan? I mean, have you talked about space and expectations and boundaries and those types of things? Have you had those conversations for those 14 straight days on the water where you can't take a walk on the land? <laughs> I think we're excited for it. Um, it'll probably change some things when, like, we're just really... Because it's a different type of aloneness. I think the way yeah. I think about being in the ocean, I still think I will be really alone out there, even though there will be two of us. Um, so it's a different type of aloneness. Um, but 
In general, it's really not a problem. Um, we were walking through the farmer's market yesterday, and somebody was just like, um, you guys are really in love, aren't you? And so uh-huh. I think at this point, we're still in the, the really early, really excited stage where it's like nothing's a problem. Um, but That's he's sweet. been really great about um, making space. Um, he's very handy. He, like, built a closet um, that's heated, actually. So all of our clothes are constantly warm. And my clothes fit now. Um, he's going to rebuild the kitchen. So um, we are changing things to make space for two. Um, Your clothes fit now? Yeah. Is there um, another part there, of the story there was we need no to know closet. about? Bigger, bigger clothes? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Smaller clothes? <laughs> Not a lot of clothes. Not a lot of clothes. Um, oh, your clothes fit in the closet. Oh, fit. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought uh, they fit you better, and I'm thinking, what oh, no. the hell kind yeah, of magic land is that? Yeah, I just We're all on the same page now. So in your world travels, so there's a closet. In, in, your, in your world travels, it sounds like maybe you found yourself in some um, <clears throat> sketchy situations. Maybe it sounded like from what you said, your parents' concerns were. Yes. No. Uh, yeah, not the sketchiest. No. Um, I I did pretty well, I think, but I think the the scariest was Cambodia. Um, when I, I arrived to the city at like one in the morning, um, and I had no idea if the bus taking me there took two hours or 12 hours and nobody spoke English yeah, or Spanish. Um, <laughs> no, no. So that was hard. Um, and I had no place to stay and, but the, every, I, nothing bad happened. Um, I just had to like, get in a random tuk tuk at one in the morning and hope they took me someplace so I could stay, um, which they did. But <laughs> that was the scariest. Um, I guess I did almost get um, arrested in Japan and they thought I died, but really I was just at a matcha tea ceremony learning how to make matcha. Um, um, but no, nothing bad happened. Lots of close calls. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say I was arrested in Japan, but nothing bad happened in the same I sentence. I, I just, they thought that I had died, and really I was just camping, and they don't camp in Japan. Um, so they don't have so, urban campers yeah. like here in Portland? What? They don't Sorry? allow urban camping like in Portland? I really wasn't in the city. I was in the country, um, in a national forest um, or something like that. Uh, but I guess they were just so surprised that someone was camping, um, and they thought I'd died, <laughs> and so they spent the day looking for me, and, and they're like, no camping there, and hotels were all like $500, so I wasn't doing that, and I ended up camping again, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, that, no, just things like that. Nothing too bad has ever really happened. Um, the people in the world are nice, and they're surprised to, usually to see um, travelers and happy to host them and do what they can to make them have a good experience. So um, I'm looking forward to that again. I think I'm going to do it much differently. This isn't so much about seeing other places and countries um, as it is about the sailing um, to get there. So it's going to be a bit different. And I probably also will do some other projects related to the traveling Um but it'll be a bit different than my just backpacking. <laughs> and you guys are going to be, I assume, because you're out in the middle of the ocean, you're going to be uh, hooked up through a satellite phone? I have no idea. Will we? Is that <laughs> no. 
Maybe not. <laughs> that sounds nice. Do they just T-Mobile have towers in the middle of Do you have life insurance? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did, but then I quit my job. Um. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll get some insurance. So you um, seem to have a high tolerance level for, for change and a very high tolerance level for, I guess, what, what most people would consider to be a somewhat chaotic existence. Step outside yourself for a minute. How do you describe yourself? Like, use a few adjectives. How would you describe yourself? Do you consider yourself brave or adventurous? Or really is all of this just a normal part of your persona? Um, I guess I realize that it's not quite normal to be so adventurous. Um, But I don't think about it a ton. I have... I'm not really... I'm I'm rather in normal spots within society, typically. Um... Holding normal jobs, having normal friends. What's normal? I don't know. I don't think there's such a thing as a normal. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I've always been pretty adventurous, um, and I'm comfortable taking big risks. Um, they don't feel quite so big to me, um, even though they, I, I'm, I'm quite scared right now. I'm probably going to start my own company, and that's going to be very scary. Um, might not work out. That's 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 um, probably the biggest risk. I feel like I feel like that's a bigger risk um, in my mind than the sailing part. Um, and in general, I really like actual actually calm situations. You said that um, it sounds a bit chaotic, but I work really hard to have a sense of calm um, in that in the rest of the chaos. So. Uh, home's always been a very important aspect of that. Um, I kind of try to make the comforts of home wherever I am, which usually means cooking the same things that I'm familiar with that are way too complicated to cook in hostels and hotels and campsites and boats, but I do anyways. And, um, having the same few items around me, um, and just taking time for calm, um, Really, it's a pretty calm life, but I just am doing some adventurous things alongside of it. I don't know. <laughs> I want to. I want to find out more about like for the listeners out there, like comparing the costs. I know that you you chose this direction because it's obviously a lot cheaper than trying to get a, a rental apartment in the Bay Area, which is you know everyone knows is crazy. But like you know, um, dumping fees, parking. Not parking, uh, boats, mooring. mooring, and all that. Like, how does insurance? How does how does all that factor in? And how do how do you budget all that out? And compare yeah, it? it's so cheap. Um, the Business Insider article that you found me through made it seem like that was the only reason that I did this. But truthfully, the reason that I did this was a lot more to be living on a boat in nature. Sorry, I'm getting over a cold and trying not to cough really hard mm. right now. So I'm just going to get some tea if you hear a weird sound. Um, sure. And so the cost is like kind of the added plus to this. Um, my okay. main reason is that I wanted to live simply and live close to nature. And I did when I could have... Um, so... My slip fee, which is what you call where you park your boat, was 300 a month. I compared it to my rent. Apparently, the average in San Francisco right now is 3500 a month. Um, and that comes with free parking. And um, water is free here for some reason. And um, the electricity I have to pay for, but that ranged between like 5 and $30 a month. Very cheap. Okay. 
and um, let's see, that's all I had to pay for regarding where I live. Um, free to pop the boats out, um, some gas if you take your boat out, which I do. It's it's anyway cost of living um, minus food was three hundred and thirty dollars a month um, maximum, but yeah. You know, Sarah, 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 could you hold the mic out just a little bit more? We may be having a Wi-Fi problem in your end. I can't quite tell. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to say a cough right now. Um, no problem. There we go. And that distracted me. Can you hear me better now? A little bit better. Sarah, I think you we, want, we want you to go back and sort of sit down and settle down to where you were before. Um, I think we got. I'm there. I think we lost a little of. Of uh, your, I think we lost a few of your answers as you were sort of moving around the boat. So let's try this one more time. Um, so somewhat succinctly, um, can you, uh, again, I'm sorry, but can you go over the expenses just kind of in a quick list, um, your monthly expenses on the boat? Yes. My rent for the slip was $300 a month, and my electricity was about 30 a month. Water was free. Parking is free. Everything else is free. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So this is probably um, going to be a really personal question, definitely for some people. So where does your money come from? Yes, um, let me just take care of this cough for 30 seconds. We're almost done, I promise. <laughs> yeah. We'll wind Sorry. it up after this. How's I, I had a, a really awful, it's much better. We're lucky, huh? really. Um, so I had a job. Um, I actually have it still till Friday, um, but then I won't anymore. But I was working for a company in the area. Actually, I was working for Walmart, um, which is oh, yeah. really interesting. <laughs> and doesn't go with the rest of my life. Um, and that's kind of why I did it, actually. Um, I like things that are really out of my comfort zone. That was out of my comfort zone. Um, mm -hmm. And um, they changed their policy remotely. Um, and so I wasn't okay with that. And <laughs> so that's why I quit a little bit earlier than we're going sailing. Um, so I came from a, a normal 9 to 5 ish job. Um, and yeah, well, it's not exactly. Um, well, I probably think the same thing you do about it. Um, but it was. I learned some things working there. And um, now, where is my money going to come from? That's a great question. Do you have an answer? <laughs> you probably don't need money when you're out in the middle of the ocean, yeah, probably. That's true, that's true. Let the wind take you yes. where the sails will go. Well, thank you very, very much for taking time. I'm. I'm let you tend to that cough. Thank you, uh, thank you on behalf of the Tiny House uh, enthusiasts and the Tiny House listeners. Hey, tune in next week when we'll be interviewing. Back online. I don't know. We'll be back here next <laughs> we'll week. Be back next yeah. week. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for another really great uh, interview on Tiny House Podcast. See ya. See ya. Great chatting. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 